1: Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival Bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at Fun.com.
2: We are live on YouTube, it is the final day of the transfer window for Everton trading with teams in European football and the Premier League, there's about an hour left of it and I think we're all quite happy that it's coming to a close, Uh, like I said uh, we are live on YouTube tonight so uh, let us know your comments, let us know your thoughts on everything, Um, we'll have a few different guests coming on the show throughout the course of the next hour or so just to talk about Everton's transfer business so far in the window. And the one deal that looks like it might get done in terms of incomings, that's uh, Robin Olsen on loan uh, from Roma, Swedish international goalkeeper, to provide some potential competition for for Jordan Pickford. But joining me to start this uh, show off, uh, Rob Vera, who's going to be here for the duration. Rob, how are you doing, mate? Doing great.
3: Doing great. Um, It's funny that this is normally the hour... um, counting down to the window closing where I'm reflecting on all the disappointment of what we didn't do in the window. (laughs) So, uh, I actually, I actually slept relatively well last night just because as much as I was hoping for a keeper and maybe a striker to come in, it's really hard to argue with the overall quality and impact of the business we've done up to this point. And the fact that I think I said it at the time, the fact that we got, all of our major signings done before the season started, no less, uh, is, was, was a huge bonus to me. And, and you see our, our position in the table and you see how important that was. So, uh, you know, feeling pretty good. Um, we'll talk about uh, some of the concerns with uh, maybe some of the
2: incomplete work here or there, some of the curious moves of the last few days. But overall, I, I feel great. And Les Roberts joins us as well. Les is doing one of the early stints because he's going to be joining me on Blue Room Breakfast in the morning over on the Blue Room Extra. But I know it says Matt Jones on his little Zoom box as well, but I can assure you <laughs> it is Les Roberts. Uh, how are you, mate? Are you ready for the transfer deadline to end, or did you enjoy um, Sky Sports' Darren Farley impressions and Paul Merson's analysis of the Gunnosaurus sacking today?
4: Thankfully, I missed all that because it was a footy train, So I just, I just came to a sort of like a torrent of messages on uh, WhatsApp and on Twitter saying how bad and how embarrassing Farley was. I mean, it, he's a bit of a one trick pony, isn't he? He does gouge <laughs> footballers for eleven. That's a uh, pretty rubbish. bit. I missed, I missed Merson. What did he have to say? Fuck going to show yeah. us. Was he a good mate of his Like.
2: He was saying that there's a generation of Arsenal fans that have grown up with Gunna and it's a disgrace that he's, he's been sacked. I mean, I think what Arsenal have done with a lot of people there oh. is it it, it, terrible, but it was, just, it was just quite surreal for him to, <laughs> to, to, to be talking about it. It was very strange indeed. Well, yeah, it's pretty obscene what Arsenal have
4: done, isn't it? When you look at the play, he's signed in the money to throw already rich athletes for them mm-hmm. to like, you know, sack 55 staff of one of which is Gunnasaurus. I think I put on Twitter earlier today, though, not to make light of the situation, obviously, it's really, really bad, but the Gonosaurus thing is just a little bit surreal. It was never this fuss when Dixie got in from Everton, was there? Absolutely Dixie not, the I mean. mate.
2: And where's you Mr. Testicles? I mean? He's not been seen since since that game all those years ago as well. So, no. yeah, disappointing one as well. I uh, Also, just uh, joined us on the call is, is Jack Carlisle. Jack, obviously, people who listen to your Blue Room 101, with Dave, last, last week would well, have been aware that you absolutely hate everything to do with, with deadline day, so I'm sure you're glad it's all over and done with now.
5: Yeah, I was going to say pot kettle back, black with me tearing up on the call but um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, it seems, especially with where with well, we're concerned, it seems to have been a good few years since there's been sort of anything really one way or another, you know, good or bad, I think, um, I think overall it's been fine today, I think it was a good sign in this morning but I think, if I'm honest, I didn't really expect too much out of the day, like, one way or another. Um, I'm not sure about um, about you guys. I mean, I think the only thing I would have said was it would have been nice to get a few more out.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that, that's, that still could happen. Obviously, Theo Walcott's the one that's been linked all day with Southampton. There's been pictures of him in his Southampton kit, hasn't there, all day on, on social media as well. So you'd imagine that one'll get done uh there's been some talk about Bessich going to Rangers although that one doesn't look like it's gonna necessarily materialize and there's a lot of lads who I imagine the club would have wanted to have got off the books who, who are still here but um one of the things I'm going to be asking people tonight is just stand a fair at the end of the window isn't it really to give um Everton uh, a rating for it of course we could still sign a championship player over the next few weeks Josh King has been mentioned um so, um, if you're in the comments, pin the suite there. Let us know. Give Everton a rating out of ten. Uh, most of them are very high so far. Uh, Rob, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, quickly, what I, I want a number and a one-minute summation of Everton's window from you.
3: Uh, yeah, and again, with uh, fifty-five minutes left to go, I suppose there could be a, a minor change to this. But man, I, I. You can quibble with you can quibble with the uh, selling of Keane and not bringing in another striker, or uh, I'm sure people have already begun quibbling over, oh, well, why didn't we get a great goalkeeper instead of just uh, you know kind of an average replaced you know competition type, sort of type or whatever? But I don't know how you can look at our position in the table, look at the specific impacts of the main players we brought in and give this anything lower than an eight and a half or a nine. That's probably where I'm at right now. Um, Just because as much as I do care about outgoings and bottom lines, because I know that makes accounting nerds really horny to talk about. (laughs) I don't, I'm mostly concerned with, did we significantly improve the product on the pitch? We absolutely have. Uh, I think that that's unequivocal. And so I feel really good about it. We we had a very specific need to create uh, to, to to basically uh, fortify our central midfield, or actually to to get a central midfield, if you will. Uh, and we also needed more chance creation, and we bought, brought in a transcendent figure in James Rodriguez. And not and the impact has not just been their play, but it's been the trickle down effect to others in the squad who suddenly look very useful, like Gilfie Sigurdsson, like Alex mm-hmm. Iwobi. Uh, and, and others. So I, I, I mean, I don't know how you can be anything but but pretty ecstatic with things. It could have been maybe slightly better, but I, I, I think you're you're kind of quibbling around the edges
2: at that point. You and the same cells are both there, Around the same sort of area for a rating.
4: Yeah, I was um, I was going eight, which is probably as Rob said, might be a little bit on the low side. But I think um, I think the lack of a keeper a sort of grown in prominence as the season's gone on and I think it's just sort of it's tainted our start of the season a little bit hasn't it because he's the one player now who does really look really does look dodgy and it's it's something that we all have our suspicions about that this could be a long-term thing with him that is it's not just a blipping form because it, it's been longer than just a, a prolonged section of a season it's been quite a while now and it's creeping into this season he looks like the one weak link in the team but yeah that's probably been a little bit harsh because if you'd have said at the start we were going to sign how Rodriguez Allen and Abdullah like the core I think I'd have said that was probably about a 12 out of 10 if I'm <laughs> honest um, so yeah I'm probably yeah I'm probably tempering the score a little bit just because I think as well we've got a we've got a cracking first 11 as I said before this is probably the best balanced team I've seen in a long time at Evan scratch below that and there's, there's good cover but a few injuries in, and we could, you know, there might not be that depth there that we need. I'm just being a miserable get here, on I, really? <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: does <feel> like <laughs> them, it does feel like one of them, does feel like one of them, Jack, doesn't it? Where if you'd said, you know, ahead of this window, like Les said there, that we're going to sign these exact players, we would have been absolutely made up. But given the start we've had and the excitement, and people. Thinking we're going to, you know, smash the Reds in two weeks and win the title. There's, there's all of a sudden a, a wave of optimism and, and, you know, talk about what we can potentially do. And I think that's where the disappointment does come in in the form of a goalkeeper, doesn't it? And listen, Olsen could come in and be, and be great, albeit um, some of the reports about him are a, a bit hit and miss, but, you know, if we're being greedy, uh, maybe we could say eight or, or seven. But i put words in your mouth here, mate. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'll be honest. I always find it interesting these sort of
5: scenarios because I think. A lot of it depends on timing, doesn't it? Like, if we would have announced Godfrey earlier on, and then it was in Kunku, and then all of a sudden in this past week it was Decore, then Allen, then Hamaz. I think the way you look at it's a lot different, isn't it? I think the fact that we've done our business sort of early, you'd say for us, and before sort of we had the chance to uh, to mess up the start of the season means that you're sort of in a bit of an uncomfortable position where you're heading into deadline day, really sort of fine with how things are. We should be happy. But I think similarly to Les, I think I think I'm an eighth. I don't necessarily think we've done anything wrong in terms of incomings. I think the the well there's the two two points really. One with the with the forward that we didn't get for letting Moyes King go. I think something might still happen with that as you mentioned with Josh King in the next two weeks. And also, I think we're still pretty hamstrung by the fact that I personally don't think, at this moment in time, we've let enough people go off the wage um, yeah. bill to be able to just go and splurge. Like i would completely forgotten about Tosin, like Balassi. Like there's still people there that are on like upwards of like six figures a week. We're not going to go and give somebody else six figures a week to be covered. Like it's just not going to happen at the minute. In terms of the goalkeeper. I do have a bit of sympathy here because I think obviously up until this point, the previous sort of six, seven weeks, he's been given a chance to prove that he is the long-term number one with his age, with his the contract he's on, with the money we paid for him. I don't think sort of even the most hardened of his own would have said, he's definitely not the right man. Might have been on the way, but I think... How he started the season post that game against Spurs, I, I really don't know what more they could have done. Like what you're basically asking them to do in the past, sort of say four weeks, is write Pickford off and go and find a number one now. I, for me, that I just don't think that was mm. ever going to be foreseeable because I think the plan this summer was always the midfield, and they've done that and then. So I do think the 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 goalkeeping issue. Will remain an issue until it no longer is. I suppose that's a bit of a a cliche, but I think until we know what's happening, then I I think there will be a question mark. But I just don't think it was this window where it was going to happen. Yeah, I think think that's fair. Sorry, Rob. Go
2: on, go on, mate.
3: I was just going to say, I think Jack makes a really good point. Uh, I because we've had these sorts of conversations uh, all summer. I I think, I mean, I've been I've been kind of out on pick for, for. Longer than just this season, obviously. But, um, look, when you signed him to that gigantic extension for big money, um, you basically forced yourself, you painted yourself into a corner of saying replacing him as, as you know, posi- replacing him or bringing in a new number one has to be further down on our list of priorities because we've got to try and find a way to make him work. We've committed to him. We've made, you know, we've, we've committed all this, this money to him. Um, and so everything else, like, I mean, we can, we can go through a litany of the things that I, that I would have liked to have maybe still addressed. I, I think that, especially right now with the injury situation, I still think there was a good argument for bringing another, another right back in. Uh, I'm not convinced by John Joe Kenny or, you know, if we're going to let Moyes King go finding a way to replace start, a, you know, another striker, but Jack makes a really good point. Like you've, you've not, because of a variety of factors been able to, to move certain players off, off of the wage bill. And there's just, it's an unruly sized squad to begin with. And, I think they wanted to give Pickford, I I think they probably, I think think with Pickford, a lot of it has been they've just hoped that these yips that he's got now would just go away. They would just, he would have a break, you know, you go through Project Restart and then go through a break and he would just kind of mellow out. He'd take time off, whatever. But it's not. Whatever he's going through is not going away, has not gone away to the point now where, uh, you know, the manager says all the right things. But again, don't trust anything that a manager says in a press conference. You judge them by their actions. And the the, the fact is they've brought in another keeper when they said that they weren't looking to do that. And they seem to do something that was uh, today, which was very stopgap. And and I don't want to call it desperate or anything like that, because I think it's meant to be a low risk a uh, loan move that essentially provides some competition for this season, so they can address this again next summer. But um, you know, I think Jack's right. Like, I, I don't think that it was ever realistic to get in a new number one uh, in 48 hours or whatever. You know, after after another bad game, I really think they've held on as long as they could, hoping that Pickford would snap out of this, and it just doesn't seem to be working. And so now they try something new and. Depending on how this goes, they try something again next summer.
2: And I think it goes back to what the manager himself said, Les, doesn't it? And It's sort of, he said in, before this window that it's going to be a case of, of evolution, not revolution. And it's sort, of, it's sort of, we've got into that mode, I think, of feeling like it's going to be a revolution because of the players we've signed and the, the, you know, the, the high quality of the players we signed and the amount of players we've signed in the end. You know, I think we're on about six signings aren't we now for for, for this summer window. Mm-hmm. Um you know having thought that at one point that we were just going to be loans and free transfers and we also have to change our mindset and, and I think you know I think sort of agree with what the, the lads have said there the money was clearly invested in, in the midfield. I think they went into this summer with an intention to back the goalkeeper and mm-hmm. hope that he can you know rediscover the form he showcased in his first season at the football club. And that's not happened. But I think at least with Olsen. and you know, I, I've not seen tons of him to be honest. He's obviously not kicked on at Roma at all. He's had a few, a few issues and made a, a few mistakes. I think what this signing does is that it gives the manager a player he can trust to bring in. If Pickford keeps chucking them in every other week, and that's not something we've got at the moment with Jonas Lossell and Jar Virginia.
4: Yeah, the Lossel one's always been a funny one to me. The fact that he left then and then came back, and it was like, well, what's his. He was sort of like the Steppenberg V. Point Two, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, because he was just sort of there, and there was never any any danger of him getting in the first team. I think, yeah, I think, I think the thing for me with the, the, the goalkeeping situation is, it's frustrating because you look at that as the one part in the team now that, that could really hamstring us, and you think, you know, we've got the Reds coming up next. This is a big, big opportunity for us, given our run of form, their result yesterday, and you just look at it and you think if he flaps this now and he throws another one in, you know, where do, where do we go from there? Okay, we, we get this fella in, which, you know, it, it looks like it's probably as good a deal as he could have got. Um, and, you know, he's six foot five. He's, he's a big lad because I think that's one thing that does go against pick for this size. He, he doesn't look commanding at all and he doesn't look mm. confident anymore. When he had that confidence, he was fine. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, you know, it, it probably is unfair to expect him to do much in that regard because they were sort of giving him his chance and you know maybe he's a different player in training maybe he's not like that maybe it's the game that gets him we don't know do we but yeah I mean we all said at the start that the midfield was pressing concern and we've gone out and covered that as Jack said and then some so can't be too disappointed but I just I think my mind is so focused on that Darby game now because it's an absolutely huge opportunity for us I just don't want soft lad to throw on it
2: but I think all the reports indicate that Olsen sort of come in as backup slash competition to Pickford and just before we we get through some of the comments on YouTube and I asked the the lads a a few more questions um, how do you think Pickford will react to this Jack? I suppose it's not just the it's not just the fact that Everton have brought in a goalkeeper who is more likely to challenge him but it's it's pretty clear today based on all the report and, and the way Everton have scampered around to try and find the a goalkeeper last minute that there's there's not total faith in him at the moment. And maybe that's something he's sort of been aware of for a while and been subconsciously aware of for a while. But this is probably the biggest indication for him, isn't it? The the manager's not completely sure on him. If he doesn't get his act together, he's going to be out the side or out the door next summer.
5: Yeah, well, I think, to be honest, I mean, I'd, I'd be more worried if he didn't think, well, maybe things aren't sort of as they should be like, hmm. because you've only got to look at the performances of everybody else around the team. Like if you were to average him out, even just give him a binary number one to 10, like, you know, he would be the lowest. And then some wouldn't he? like a person that has played as many minutes as he has. Um, in terms of his reaction, I, I, I really don't know. Um, my honest opinion is I, I, I don't think it'll change. Um, I think this is an issue that we're going to have for the rest of the season, as I've said. Um, not that you won't still have good games and bad games. I think, like, I'm just talking on the whole, I, I, I can't foresee having um slightly higher level of competition as it should be. Having, um, I hope I'm wrong, but having a massive upturn in consistency. I just, I... Now it's been... He's played for us, is it four years? Four yeah, it must be his fourth yeah. season, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really sort of, I, I don't know what's going to change the way he is because it's not like it's been, oh, it's been a month or it's been a couple of weeks. This isn't knee jerk now. This is more the norm than his first season was. So for me to say, oh, well, maybe this is what's going to need to shake him out of this rut, well, if 75% of your time, or what is it now? So three, two seasons out of three. Two thirds of your time is spent being this very, very erratic goalkeeper. I, I, I don't think. I mean, I, as a, as an Evertonian, I'd like to think that we'll if he does continue with the complete up and down nature of performances that we've at least got an alternative. Because now, obviously, I mean, it's worrying that we don't even seem to know at the minute who the second choice keeper is. <laughs> yeah, which to to me is like is bonkers. Not that I necessarily think. Your second choice keeper needs to be like as good as your first, but with I don't know because it, it, there was the, they were doing the the two keepers on the bench for weeks, and then it was they just brought Virginia in for like a game, and then he's gone again. And mm. I, there's obviously no real backing of any of them outside of Pickford. And then even with that, it's backing with a very small bay, isn't it? Like I, I think personally, this will probably be his last season starting for us. Um, whether it means that Olsen is starting by the end of this season or if he's just the next placeholder, such as Stecklenberg, Vessels, Carlo Nash, I, I don't know. But mm. I, I do think this will be his last season as our number one.
2: Yeah, unless something changes around dramatically, I totally agree with you there, mate. Uh, just some of the, the comments I'm going to quickly read out as well in regards to the ratings. Uh, Bradley Rettler said, got to say 10 out of 10, Identify the areas of need and filled them with quality. Alan Decore, Hamez, Godfrey, and Kunku looks like a gem. Could use a right-back and a goalkeeper, but you can't have everything. EFC, 1878 mark, said 9 out of 10. But do we need a right-back right-winger? Probably need the top goalkeeper to achieve our aims. Uh, Drew Yardley said definitely a 9 out of 10. Uh, fees we paid were spot on as well. Uh, Jake Jones, 9 out of 10. Get Josh King in. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Laura Laura Gates, even Laura, says big fan of Les' hoodie this evening. Nice one. There you go. It's, it's, uh, it's,
4: it's, it's one for uh, M&M Sports. <laughs> there we go. No expense
2: spared there. Yeah. There we go. Jake Marley, a solid nine. Every player has brought in. Every player has brought in and improved the starting lineup in the squad. Would have liked another striker for depth, a more reliable keeper, and a few more bodies outside Ideally, uh, and we'll do one more rating to uh, do, do, do very quick. Uh, Chris Hammond, nine out of ten. Upgrade on Pickford it would have been a ten out of ten. And one more, John Caballero, 8 out of 10, need a right-sided cover and come for Pickford. Uh, Jack and Les are going to be leaving us in about three or four minutes. So quickly, I'll ask them the questions put out on Twitter before. So obviously I asked everybody to give a, a rating out of 10 for the transfer window as a whole from Everton's point of view. And I also asked for the lads to give us the best signing Everton have made. Um, which is, might be a bit easier now, uh, we've actually made little signs, we've seen a lot of these lads in the flesh, <laughs> player that we've been linked with in this window that you'd wish we signed, but we haven't. So, uh, Rob, you'll get, you get your go with this in a bit, mate, don't worry, you, you enjoy your scotch for a little bit longer, he's, he's quite happy <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> um, but Jack, Jack, I'll come to you first on those two questions, mate. Um, yeah, so, um, I'd
5: say 8 out of 10 overall, I said at night. Um, Best signing outside of um, Ancelotti would be Decore for me. Um, I am absolutely ecstatic that we've got him. I put him in my prediction as being our player of the season and I still stand by that. I think he will be absolutely vital going forward. Um, And a player that we were linked with that I wish we signed I couldn't give you a name of a keeper. I, I, I don't know like <laughs> who that would be. A new keeper would be great, but for me, the one that I, I sort of I still hold a candle for from years gone by is zahar because I do think as an X factor and as somebody that not necessarily would take us to the next level, but just as being like another one of them players where you think they mean business is it would be him. So Wilf Zahar and um, eight out of ten. And a core a, sorry.
2: And same to you, lads, as well. Yeah, so
4: I give an eight as well. Um I think it, it's almost impossible to split that midfield three that we brought in. Um Alan's just texted me i just sent me a message actually, Alan Catherell,
2: on um. I thought you meant so Brazilian midfield. He's been on to you, he's been on to you saying, yeah. Make sure you pick me for the best signing.
4: <laughs> no, Alan from Wales, not Alan from Brazil. I just uh, mentioned Ben Godfrey, so in the next bit. Try to do a little bit on him because I think he's going to be. Um, he, he looks like yeah. he could really like fill a number of positions if we're short. So if people are saying, you "No, know, we need right like, back cover." He can probably do that. He can do defensive mid. He can do centre back. But I'm um, just saying, I, I think it's impossible almost to split that that three those three midfielders that we signed because they're all so important and added just another dimension to our team that we didn't have at all last season. But sticking my neck on the line, I'm going to have to go with Hammers because you just. He has got that X-factor that every good team needs. And you can see the confidence he gives to other players. They know they can just give him the ball and he'll do something with it. And it'll be, you know, it'll be a perfectly weighted pass, a through ball. What is it, a progressive pass now? Is It's not a long ball. It's a progressive, yeah, progressive. pass. He'll the yeah. last one of them down the pitch. Um, so I, I think him. And players we missed out on. I'm not sure if he were actually ever properly linked with him. But I'd have, I'd have loved Martinez, uh, the Villa keeper from Arsenal. Yeah,
2: it's a I think
4: shout. He looks he does look like a really good keeper. He's you know he, he's he's like six foot four himself, isn't he? He was good um the other night. I think he's gonna be a crashing player for them. And you know, I know it was twenty million, so we're probably asking a bit much, but I think that he he'd have been great for us.
2: Good stuff, lads. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. Uh I'll let us get off now. There's you're up early doors in the morning with me, aren't you again? So hopefully we'll have a, a new goalie by then as well.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed mate, I'll catch you in the morning.
2: Nice one. Jack, as well, thanks very much for coming on, mate. You're very welcome, brother. Take care. Top man there. Uh, cheers to it the sure lads there for coming on. Uh, Mark Mosey mm-hmm. and Adam Sutton will be joining us very shortly. Uh, Rob, I'll come to you on, on those questions as well. Have you got any anyone in mind there or any, anything different from, from what the lads have been saying?
3: Um, well, I, I, I'm going to have to concur with Les. Um, it, it's Thomas Rodriguez. I think you are... Obviously, you can make the nuanced argument about, well, who is our best value for money acquisition if you don't, fact, if you factor in wages and you can say cuckoo because no one had ever heard of him. That's the Marcel Brand signing everyone wanted us to, to start making, of course. But um, it's, there was this old, um, there's this old kind of, uh, I don't know if it's like a an example or a metaphor about like LeBron James and, there was this argument that people are, you know, people would argue, why doesn't LeBron James just win MVP of the NBA every single year? Uh, because really, everyone knows he's the best. And it's, it's because they feel like you have to kind of make a case for someone else or what have you. Others are going to have very special seasons, but everyone really knows who the best player is. I think that's the, the case with Thomas Rodriguez. I, I agree with Jack that DeCore is everything we've been missing from a box-to-box midfielder for a long time. I think that Allen is, is filling in that role that we lost in, in many ways and in some ways improving upon it with his passing of, of losing Gay. But Hamas Rodriguez is the difference between us being back to being a good solid team again and us potentially being a special side again. I think that's the difference. Uh Hamas Rodriguez has made us into an elite offensive attack. I still can't believe I'm saying these words about Everton, but <laughs> that's just that's that's where we're at. And so especially then you factor in the fact that we didn't pay any any kind of fee for him, and I think it just makes it Really easy in regards to not signing someone. I'm glad Mark joined when he when he did because he and I have been on the same bandwagon for a bit. And um, look, I, I'm not. It's hard for me, as I said before, to go anything lower than maybe an eight and a half or an eight out of ten because of of all that we've done in this window, and especially getting Thomas Rodriguez. But. I, 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 We were talking about this even before the game against Brighton in that the idea being that, look, this is something special is happening here. The league as a whole is wild and crazy. I, I had that theory. I think I mentioned to you on one of the post matches a few weeks ago that because of the congested schedule, the short break, a variety of other factors – this was going to be a more wide open, uh, wide open style of play. We were going to see more goals were going to be scored. Uh, defense was, you know, clean sheets were not going to be as big an emphasis as your ability to to create chances and score. And look at what we're seeing. We've never seen scoring like this in the Premier League, yeah. at least not for the last half century or so, uh, and more. And so I think that's bearing out. And so that kind of that kind of chaos. Uh, brings disorder to the normal structure we're used to, where the same six, I believe that where the same 16s finish in, you know, a combination of spots. And because of that, I argued, and, and Mark has argued, and a few, uh, you know, Jack is on this bandwagon too. Of why not go ahead and just push the chips in and say we want Wilfred Zaha? Uh, why not? Why not just say we are now going to have a right-sided attack like we have on the left or what have you? I mean, who knows? Or put him on the left and put Charles on the right. Who cares? I mean, that that kind of attack would be the kind of attack that could push us into a different stratosphere. And having said all that, I think we still have a chance to be really, really good. But I would have liked to potentially to have seen uh, a, a super ambitious signing like that. But once you've signed Hamas Rodriguez, you can't really fault the powers that be for, for what we've done. But that would have probably been my my extra special cherry on top sort of wish.
2: Yeah, would have, would have been nice, absolutely. Uh, also joining the conversation now, uh, Mark Mosey and uh, Adam Sutton. Uh, how are we doing, lads? I'll come to you first, Adam. Um, enjoy deadline day, mate, or glad to see the back of it?
6: Um know, both, really. I think every time it, it comes round, you kind of just get sucked into it all as much as you might not want to, but uh, I've been in and out of um, keeping an eye on things and seeing how it unfolds, but I think our, our business has been done, really, and, and that's... That's showing now from our early season form, um, the players that we've signed is is quite Everton-like how we've gone about things. Actually, that we haven't just panicked with a couple of hours to go, and yeah, we might have been getting it in one lad or possibly two lads in it on deadline day. But at the same time, I think without those, I'd still be giving it a, a decent score from from a, dead, uh, from a transfer window perspective. So, I've enjoyed uh, Everton signings, but deadline day. I think it's just a, a massive marketing opportunity.
2: Isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Mark joins us as well. Uh, obviously, you, you must be gutted, mate. So, Har's not come through the door and negates every other good bit of business ever to have done in this window, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were definitely on course for a nine or ten. Uh, now that Rob has re riled me on this point, I'm probably around <laughs> about the three or four. Uh, but, no, I think the... The success of your transfer window can very often be gauged on how active you are forced to be on deadline day. Uh, The fact that we are kind of sat back, relaxed, looking at what we have, not necessarily. I I appreciate we've got a couple of deals over the line today, but you very much felt that they were just days in the making as opposed to last minute panics. And deadline day for so many reasons is something that I just don't want Everton involved in. Um, we, we are looking back at this window; the lads already have mentioned some of the names that we've got in, and and James Rodriguez is obviously the marquee name. It, it's clearly a a massive step forward for Everton's progress and for their for their evolution, as you as you mentioned earlier, matters what Carlo Ancelotti had had promised. Uh, I don't think albeit you'll nitpick about the quality of goalkeepers and what happens if we get four injuries to strikers. And I mean, the, these things are always issues regardless of timing. But I think we can look back and the the Everton that we saw post-lockdown towards the end of last season has very quickly felt like a distant memory. Uh, that That is primarily due to results, obviously. But it's also because we've got a few lads on the pitch who... We can recognise and familiarise with, and actually, borderline starts to
2: like as well. Yeah, um, just some breaking news. Actually, um, Theo Walcott has gone to Southampton on loan. That's that's been confirmed. It's been it's been pretty much on all day, hasn't it? That one we've already seen pictures of on social media with his uh, Southampton gear. I mean, I'll, I'll come back to you first on on, on this one, Adam, as well. Uh, Walcott, obviously, I think it's been on the cards for a while now, hasn't it? he's going to be on his way out to the football club not been in a few squads recently got on the bench at the weekend primarily due to, to other injuries but um you know, it's just been disappointing hasn't it really after the, quite a bright start really at the football club wasn't it just never really able to kick on which is sort of the story of his career
6: Yeah I think it definitely is the story of his career and I think especially now Everton and, and Theo Walcott are going in two totally different directions one is on the up and, and one is on the down and I think as good as his career's been, it is that has he ever fit, fulfilled his potential? And I think actually Theo Walcott deserves a, a lot of, of credit, and I think he'll have a lot of fans around just football in general, never mind Goodison Park and, and Everton as a club, because he's, he's a professional. He's never spoken out of line. He's never found himself in scenarios where he can, you know, the fans can get on his back from anything other than a performance point of view. And even then, when he, when he does put, put the Everton shirt on, he he doesn't come across as someone who, who's not 100% at it every week, but at the same time, there just seems to be a bit of a, a barrier with him when it comes to really pushing on and and just like letting the shackles go type of thing. And it's it's frustrating actually because he, he's one of those players when you, you saw him coming up at, at Southampton and then through to Arsenal, like the youngest player to, to be taken to the World Cup, he, everyone had such, such expectation on his shoulders, then, then actually that can really. Halt someone's progression sometimes, and it's, um, yeah, it's it's sad to see that that's the way it's gone for him. I think he's still been a, a really good footballer. He's got some really important goals for, for us. And um, The one that obviously will always spring to mind is that Watford one last season, and even then, for, for the price we paid for him, for for the years we've had him for, he's put in some really good performances. And yeah, that that one ninety however minute winner uh, against them after being 2-0 down will uh, yeah live, live long in the memory.
3: I think Adam makes a really good point about how sometimes when a player leaves, you have to sometimes view them in a more nuanced fashion. Um, the, look, the arc of Theo Walcott's career has been, to many, unfulfilled promise just because they saw so much ability um, a lot of that unfulfilled potential had to do with the fact that he just had a horrible injury record for a lot of years in fact I I give him a lot of credit coming to Everton because I assumed he would constantly be injured and, and yet he was remarkably durable for us uh, during the time he was here and to, to Adam's point you can't fault Theo Walcott for his effort or his professionalism you can fault the the production you can—I mean, I know we all lamented whenever he just could not finish off a, a, a prime scoring chance, and he just—he just doesn't have that in him. I mean, it's sort of a case of he is what he is. Uh, he is exactly what he was when we bought him, and that's about how it turned out. Um, I think the nuance of it is that you can look back on the move and say, for the price we paid, the wages we paid, it was not a good move. But I will say to his credit, he can only control so much. He came here, he put in a real effort the entire time he was here. He was a model professional. If you guys remember all the the angst in, in many, many WhatsApp chat rooms over Adamola ola not being able to get in the team <laughs> over Walcott, I mean, everyone hated Walcott for that, when really, as time has gone on, we've seen more and more that that was more about Adamola ola and what he lacked in regards to his commitment and, and, and consistent effort and professionalism versus uh, Walcott. I, I, I will say that just in the short term, I kind of liked having Walcott as an option late in matches to come on and, and uh, you know, offer offer some pace and offer a guy who was going to definitely keep up his end of the bargain defensively late in games. But at the same time i mean if you got an opportunity to get at least a chunk of his yeah. his contract off the wage bill you do
2: it 50% has been reported hasn't it 50% yeah. of his wages and,
3: and by the way 50% and everyone will be like oh it's you know it's not that's not very much i mean that just speaks to how difficult it has been today and in this window in particular to get players off of off of the wage bill i think that if we'd had real opportunities to move on from bernard um, obviously uh, Bessage and Sandro and Bellassi who've been spoken of uh, and others. I mean, we might, we probably would have done it, but it's just been exceedingly difficult. So I think mean, you take what you can get. Uh, you get half of uh, the remaining, uh, the, r- the remainder of his contract taken care of by Southampton and you thank him for his service and you move on.
2: Yeah, just very quickly, Walcott just put on Twitter there. My page is just refreshed, so it's gone. Oh, it's back again. Uh, it's been some starts of the season for Everton. We have a great squad. And with Mr Ancelotti in charge, I'm sure it's going to be a great campaign. Wishing the fans, players and staff the best of luck. See you soon. I wouldn't expect anything different from uh, a class, classy fella in general. He's been great around the place. I think everybody would absolutely say that. Um, but on, on the on the pitch, Moe, in regards to where this leaves Everton... Maybe a little bit short right side, you could say, although Rodriguez has done excellently there. You'd probably say Gordon and away would be you know, the next behind him if something was to, mm. to happen there. Um, and something, I mean, you were speaking about today in regards to just the, the attacking options in general. And, you know, Walcott never played through the middle for Everton, but he's, you know, always a third or fourth choice option to, to be there. And without Keane and without Walcott, there's, there's, there's a little bit of depth lacking in that. That certainly those attacking positions now. And that, if you're going to be hypercritical of Everson's window, then that's probably one of the areas you to pinpoint.
0: Yeah, no know Walcott's left, but it's been a, a great transfer window for the other half of the Allardyce too, because has <laughs> found himself on the brink, on the brink of the squad as soon as he's back from injury. But oh, uh, what about Sandra? <laughs> don't. I still
3: believe Matt I still believe Sandro can come good he's still young (laughs) In,
0: in terms of players who the window has been kind to you probably would throw Anthony Gordon in there because as much as we've seen brief glimmers of this lap and we all appreciate that his talent is definitely one as definitely a potential at the moment and one for the future I think the the anxiety has been there from Everton fans in terms of, oh God, he's not making squads after good performances. Are we Adam Hall and Mac too Something going on behind the scenes and everyone's head falls off because he's not involved every week. And You you probably look at what's happened in the last 48 hours and in the last week and think Ancelotti has a plan for this lad. Doesn't necessarily have one for someone like Theo Walcott who... As you rightly say, we wish all the best for. But it feels like the football club has just naturally outgrown him and, and what he can offer. I think everything we've we've seen from Everton, in particular in the the home games so far this season, has probably been a little bit more refined than you would expect Theo Walcott to be a part of. Uh, and that that's nothing against his his footballing ability, but his strengths have always been quite raw in terms of pace. Um, Not necessarily, as Rob said, in terms of final delivery, which seems to be his middle name and mentioned in every sentence since he ever broke through at the age of 16. So it it does feel like a a natural parting. Um, In terms of numbers, I I do think it's a concern. Um, Possibly not for league games if you can keep everyone fit, but that is an ideal scenario. Um, We ultimately still need to get through. You know, I appreciate the Carabao Cup is is gaining importance now, and the opportunities for fringe players are not quite there, and that's potentially the reason why you do let people like Walcott move on. But when you when you do get opportunities, which you hope that Everton may do in early rounds of the FA Cup, for example, to, to rotate slightly to give someone like Richarlison a week off, unless unless we make a move in in the next transfer window, which is what seven and a half weeks time. <laughs> And yeah. you potentially look at that and think, are we leaving ourselves short? G- given the amount of time that is between the two windows, I think Ancelotti is probably quite happy to be patient and wait for the right opportunity to come up. Um, people like Wilfred Sahar will eternally be mentioned with this football club. And as much as Rob alluded to that I am a fan of his and think he could have been really devastating in this Everton set-up, I think the temptation will be, not only for Everton to bide their time in terms of picking the right quality, but to allow fractures in the relationship between someone like Zaha and Crystal Palace, for example, to emerge. I think mm. the the panic of losing players on the cheap next summer will definitely kick in and clubs will see the the winter transfer window possibly as an opportunity for a final cash in on someone like Zaha. So I do feel like depending on the situation which Everton find themselves in, in and the couple of months. The the transfer sagas may not be over for this season, but I'm I'm content waiting for eight weeks to, to add to that attacking lineup. And I think given what we have built on primarily in the first four weeks of the season, whatever Evertonian would tell you now that they are not happy with this squad. Um there will always be tiny arguments about small additions and small nuances that, that, that possibly could have improved this squad a couple of percent. But given what we've been through in the last few years, I don't think we've got any room for a complaint at the moment.
2: Just one, one thing on the walk out there, which I think is, is quite funny. Rebecca Williams, who works for Sky, who's been covering this all day, has just tweeted there saying, 15 hours after I first reported Everton and Southampton were in talks, it's finally been done. I remember getting up this morning and putting Sky Sports News on and seeing her in a room at home reporting this and it was bright outside and he just posted a video up and Sky is pitch black. She looks <laughs> absolutely drained. She's been on the phone to Southampton all day trying to find out where, where Theo Walcott <laughs> is, yeah. bless her. Uh, but yeah, uh, he has Didn't gone. The
7: Theo Walcott? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've just yeah. seen it. He, he was on the phone to Sky. but I don't, I don't know what he had to say. But uh, <laughs> r- Amazing stuff. Uh, what... Adam and Mahana, you're gonna go in about five, ten minutes. Uh, what what player we have signed today we haven't even mentioned yet? Uh Ben Ben Godfrey. Um obviously I think it probably I don't think anyone sitting in this conversation has watched them you know, forensically at Norwich over the last few years, you know. What he you might prove me wrong there in that sense? But um from what we've we've seen of him, Adam, what people have said about him and certainly his interview to today with the club and, and how he, how relaxed he looked in every situation and and what, what he himself said and being able to play in a few different positions, it, it feels like he's the, the right sort of character and looks like he's going to be an accomplished player. Yeah, I think he fits the
6: mould of a young English centre-half uh, at Everton, which I think, out of any position over the, the past couple of years, we've, we've done really well there, actually, I think, with the likes of Mason Holgate, Jared Branthwaite, looks at a real talent, and even John Stones, and, and then you move back towards Jagielka, Lescott, and we've always seemed to have a good eye for, for getting in a young, powerful and, and hungry centre half really and, and I think he, he suits that um as you say the way he spoke in his interview the the way he's come across as 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 wanting to be part of this project and, and who wouldn't at the moment and as much as it's good to have these these flair players or your South Americans and your Europeans coming in, there's nothing better than, than bred and young talent from, from England who can can hopefully push on and and take us further whilst bettering themselves in it from a career point of view. So yeah, I'm really excited. He looks like a a powerful pacey and, and I wouldn't even say no nonsense because I don't think there is such thing as a no-nonsense centre-half anymore. He actually looks like the type of player who can can bring the ball out from the back as as he spoke about in his interview and and that real modern day way of playing that that everyone seems to be doing now, where whether it's your defender's standing on your own byline and receiving it from your keeper or fizzing it into the uh, the, the number nine or the number 10's feet to get it on the half turn. So I think that's really important for, for us moving forward, whether he comes into the 11. I don't, I don't think he will for now. But then that's even more of a testament to how well we are playing at the moment and in years gone by and transfer windows gone by. We're starting to do this panic buying in the last couple of hours, couple of days, because we don't have foundation set whereas now we're able to bring lads in we're not rushing them into to the starting 11 we're not piling that pressure on them that which which could make and break them more often than not does break them um, we're actually giving them a chance to come in and develop as a, as a footballer develop as a, a young man and then take us forward after they've, they've got that confidence
3: uh, Rob. Yeah, I—I I mean, I have some thoughts on Godfrey though. I just looked at the clock and realized uh, it's 14 minutes until the deadline closes.
7: Is we're probably not
0: going to get Sahar at this point.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, Mark. Don't don't pour salt in my wounds. No, I was just thinking—you uh, know—we're all kind of taken for granted that this keeper deal is going to get done, and I—I'm assuming it will. But it's—it's uh, it's 13 minutes now, and it's getting close. The, I wanted to say something about Godfrey. Um you're you're right, Matt. I I am definitely behind on my my Norwich watching uh over the last year or so. so. Um but I'm most I'm as you know, um I'm I'm really always fascinated by the strategic thinking behind squad building and team building. Um I think that's the thing that I I try to bring most to this type of discussion. Um it's I, there's no position right now for me that has more uh, kind of fascinating questions to it than center half because of the of the of the dynamics at play. I mean, we've just committed relatively significant money, not even relative, I make mean, significant money uh, to to acquiring uh, Godfrey. So you assume he is here for the future. I do think what makes it kind of a complicated discussion is that. Um, you know, when you were interviewing, I forget who you interviewed, Matt, from uh, on the Nord side. Michael Bailey. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great discussion. If you guys haven't listened to it, you should go back and do it. But um, Godfrey was kind of prickly about the questions around what position he is, and he's, he feels like he's definitely a center half, and yet when you read the the piece uh, on the club website, it was all about, I can play a bunch of positions. I can trust the manager completely to put me wherever. And so I find that fascinating because on the one hand um you know uh, michael greenall who's been on our on our show several times uh has made an argument in our group chat i know matt that uh that really godfrey could be he, he feels like he could be an elite defense you know holding midfielder um but let's just say let's just say for argument's sake he is a center half right now um everton now have four center halves on on significant money, whether that's in the transfer fee you've paid for Godfrey, he's probably making the least of of the four, when you, and the four I'm referring to would be uh, Holgate, Mina, and uh, Michael Keane. You just signed Michael Keane to a new deal, which again, deals don't necessarily mean a whole lot in regards to the fact that you think you're gonna keep a guy for five years, but they, they, they're not insignificant either. But the bottom, you know, because that may just be for protection for when someone does come in with an offer for Keen or when, when inevitably, uh, Man United get bored again with their current setup and decide to overpay for someone. Maybe they can come in and offer stupid money for Michael. Keen. I have no idea. But the bottom line is, is that we, we have four center halves now on big money. Um, and I think it's a really fascinating discussion because I think anyone who assumes they know who is going to be the odd man out here or what's going to happen. Mm. I think a lot of that's going to be dictated by fitness. I think a lot of it's going to be dictated by just in general, related to that circumstances and so on. I think that, for instance, the and we talked about this format. The most currently, the most sellable asset of those four is Michael Keane because he's on a new contract, but he's not on stupid money. He's English. He's not too old, and he's not. But he's not super young either. And so he's he's he's. I think he's a year and a half maybe older than Mina or whatever. Hmm. Whereas Mina, I think right now is not as sellable, not because I don't think he's quality. You guys know how I feel about Yerry Mina, but because of his current, uh, his recent injury track record. Um, he's on, I think, 110 a week. He's on a big money. And so I don't think, if you think it was hard to move off of guys like Belasi or Sandro right now, wh- why is Yerry Mina going to give up any money to go anywhere else right now? I mean, he's playing he's playing well. He's starting. He's popular in the, in the dressing room, et cetera. And so I guess my point is, is that, I think in some ways, Holgate, who I do believe, of course, is part of this thing in the future, Holgate is going to have a real challenge getting back into the starting 11. I just think that there are some interesting dynamics there between those four. Yeah. And I think anyone who knows how this is going to you know, kind of flesh out by next summer, i think think that as we saw last season when we all thought that the preferred partnership would be Zuma and Keane, and then we got uh, Mina starting a lot of games, we got the revelation of Mason Holgate, a lot can change really fast. But the bottom line is, is we have four center halves on big money uh, or costing a significant financial contribution. And I think that that position will certainly be the one to watch as we go into next summer.
2: Yeah, Padisha's just messages there saying Rob's trying to sell Michael Keane again. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that now uh, very quickly because I know uh, and Adam have, have got to get off before Dave Downey joins us to take us past 11 o'clock uh, I asked just questions before we came on tonight uh, so we'll rattle through these very quickly uh, rating out of 10 for the window Mark
0: 9 I,
2: Adam 9 it, it
0: can't be any less than that have you, have you seen James Rodriguez play football well, that, that was going to be me. <laughs> yes. who's, who's, who's our best signing? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be devil's advocate and say Alan. Um, but, it, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely Hammers, but hear me out on Alan because I think he's just, he's just the player that we needed most, the, the position that we, that we desperately desired. So, as much as the answer is definitely Hammers, Alan. Uh, Adam, for you?
6: Um,
0: I'm going to have to agree with
6: Jack and say I Actually, I think he was one of those slightly under the radar. Everyone had the hype around Alan and, and James, and I think he is Premier League proven. And he showed on the weekend that even when he doesn't have those two, well, Alan or, or Gomez around him, he's still able to drag us from defensive scenarios into attacking ones. He's box to box. He's just a real central midfielder that we've been screaming out for. And as good as Alan is filling that address again void, I think actually decorate brings something that we haven't had in longer than that, and that is really, really important for us moving forward.
2: And finally, before you both shoot off, uh, a player we were linked with who we didn't sign, you would have liked us to have signed. I'll, I'll come to you first on this one, Adam, because I know him is going to say. <laughs> um, it would have been uh, Max Ahrens. I think he would
6: have been a really good mm. um, fit for us. However, Seamus Coleman proving me wrong week on week, and uh, as, however long you can do that for them, then fantastic. But, yeah, I think um, a right-back would have been, been really good.
0: i nice. um, can't, <laughs> can't really think. Uh, Wilfred Zahar, obviously, is, he would have transformed this side into a certain Champions League contending team. Uh, and I have absolutely no doubt about it because, as Rob said, he just... He makes games terrifying for the opposition that you can you can never settle when that lad is in the opposition. Uh, and the thing that probably raised my hopes in the last couple of weeks was the fact that he kind of looked like he'd thrown it in at, at Crystal Palace. I think he's had a, a poor game against Everton. Obviously, he had a poor game at Sanford Bridge at the weekend. And you got the whole sort of Yacouba at Middlesbrough vibes that he was just waiting for someone to come and rescue him. And Carlo Ancelotti was ready to be that man. Um, Someone in that ilk, even if it wasn't someone like Wilfred Zaha, it's someone who can just transform the game and win it in moments that games that are on a knife edge, which it looks like a lot of Premier League games are at the moment, can just be taken by one individual. Um, I'm surprised that the Herving Lozano rumours didn't really ramp up because... He looked like someone who was destined for a move. Um, he, he once went to Naples, which means that Everton definitely won him, according to the media. So <laughs> some, someone in an attacking mode like that, that that could transform a game would have been probably an ideal pick. But I think what we've come out of is is excellent business.
2: Lads, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate your time at uh, this late hour. Um, speeches again soon on the show this week. You know, dolls. See you soon. Nice one. Uh, Mark Mosey, Adam Sutton there. Thanks very much to both of them for joining us. And now joining us is effectively the equivalent of our Jim White here on the Blue Room uh, (laughs) for the final part. Uh, We've got five minutes left. Are Everton going to get Will Sahar in? Will Lozano come in for a surprise deal? Is Gianluigi Donnarumma about to rock up? Will Moussa Dembele finally become an Everton player? (laughs) Uh, The man to tell us is undoubtedly Dave Downey. Uh, Dave, it's four minutes to... 11, are you expecting any of those lads to rock up in Royal Blue?
7: I'm sorry I joined this conversation now with that Then Dembele dick, Matt. That was, that's below the belt, that. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't categorically say I don't think that anything else is going to happen tonight apart from uh, the incoming goalkeeper from, from Roma, which um, is probably a little bit of a strange one for me. I'm sure you've had the discussion about Jordan Pickford and maybe some competition for him and things like that, but... Um, Penny for Young has lost all those thoughts if uh, he doesn't feel that he's adequate enough cover uh, or able to give Jordan Pickford some competition. it does beg the question why he's still at the football club. Um, but uh, these things are really strange with goalkeepers. Aren't they? The second-choice and third-choice goalkeepers of football clubs tend to be on the dodgy ends. You know, just ask Ervin Klopp about that uh, in regards to what happened last night with the... That game in Aston Villa it didn't even look like a goalkeeper, did he? So you, you do run the risk of these things happening. Um, and, and also to add to that, I think if if we do get Olsen over the line, I, I still, I said to in the WhatsApp group, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I, I do quite seriously believe that. I don't think he'd get a game anyway. I think it'd be seen more as a catalyst to pick up Jordan Pickford's mm-hmm. performances as opposed to somebody who's genuinely going to take the jersey off him. So, <clears throat> yeah, pretty pretty quiet finish to the window. Uh, obviously, Godfrey secured this morning, but we can't help but be delighted with what we've got in so far because they've already proven their worth, in my opinion. Um, and let's hope that they come back reinvigorated from wherever they end up going across the international break. And I think we've we've begged or been desperate for a window like this for a long, long time. We finally got it. Um, I dare to say, anything else that comes in or potential shocks, we might steal the night. <laughs> Ie what happened with Marouane Fellaini all those years ago. Um, I think we're just being a little bit greedy now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I
2: think I think it'd be a massive shock if anything like that happened now. Uh, two minutes, less than two minutes before the, the window closes. Uh, but I, the, the one thing I wanted to speak about very quickly, Rob, is in regards to the players that we've not been able to, to get out the door. You know, I, I was sort of yeah. sort of took it for granted today. The uh, Sandra would go, the Tosin would go, the Bessage would go would go. Um, You know, there's a lot of you know. like Balassi still at the football club as well. There's rumours about Fabian Delph throughout the, the Good summer. Good news, Dave. Balassi oh, yeah. still at the club.
7: <laughs> That's great. That's not a not a free shirt. Won't we'll keep him on side with it. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I think it's I think it's I'm surprised by all of those lads still being here effectively. And mm. I've sort of put on Twitter before. I think it's it's indicative of the the world at the moment where I imagine a lot of footballers probably don't want to uproot the family in these times which are uncertain and difficult and you've got to get tested and integrate yourself into a new environment where you can't really properly integrate yourself into it and as a result I think that's probably why players at Everton like the ones I've mentioned and certainly players at other clubs you know Liverpool today have not been able to get Harry Wilson or Shakiri or a lot of that mob out the door either it feels like it's the same for a lot of clubs and for us, who you know, renowned for having a, a large wage bill and one that we needed to cut down, maybe that's a, a little bit of a worry going forward.
3: Well, I, yeah, I mean, look, we we talked about several times during uh, our all of our discussions in the early transfer shows, uh, you know, at the beginning of the summer about the kind of the unknowns of the financial environment we were we were coming into. Um, I, I remarked that. I don't think that we really fully grasp just how potentially dire some of the financial situations that some of these clubs are. Um, And that works in two ways. It can be an opportunity in that you may be able to get players for less than you might ordinarily uh, do just because there are some cash hungry clubs out there. I saw that as an opportunity and I think Everton in some ways have taken advantage of that. Um, I still, I still cannot believe and I'm still processing in my head how Real Madrid didn't get even a fee, a nominal fee it sounds like for, for James Rodriguez. But when it comes to, but it also works in the opposite way as well. Think about how, Think about how desperate you are if you're an Everton fan to rid yourself of uh, Balassi and Sandro and all of these other, remi- you know, Bessage and all these other reminders of, of failure past, uh, if you will. Well, when you think about that, you have to remember that uh, as much as you want them out, the corresponding factor to that is how much does another side, another club who is in a challenging financial environment, want to pay any significant money for your underwhelming underperforming players I think it's just one of those situations where if we were living in a more normal world we might be able to find some creative way to make it happen Um, but right now I think that there are some generally there's generally some tightening of purse strings that's going on across European football and and I think that's
2: that's certainly a factor in. Just on that, one of those players we mentioned there has actually just left. It's been confirmed, Sandra Ramirez, has signed for Huesca, who were newly promoted to yeah. the league Liga this season on loan. So that was right on the, the deadline, pretty much. Perfect. Not much re- reporting around that um, throughout the, the course of the day. But uh, Everton just managed to, to get him out the door. So that, that's that's another one, isn't it, Dave? Good. And, you know 100%. what. what you know, I, I was just saying before I sort have of had hopes for him to be our uh, third choice centre forward this season and stage a, a late renaissance, but it's but it's not going to happen now. Yeah,
7: well,
2: no. I, I, oh, go sorry. ahead, Dave.
7: I was just going to say, I think yeah, <clears throat> that was one I think. I mean, it, that, that's a big one for us to get rid of, isn't it? Given the wages, he would, he would have been on. Um, given well, I can, t- I can tell. I
2: can tell you now, Dave Pesci will not be paying. Is 120,000 pounds a week wages on their own? <laughs> I think I think I think it'll be a bit of a walk-off situation, maybe where we're paying about half of it. we've just
3: which completed the loan deal for Olsen by the way.
7: There we go. Um, yeah, on, on Sanjo, that's uh, it's still it's still good news for us, isn't it? To, even just to get half of that hefty wage bill off the books. Uh, you think of what's happened today as well with Walcott going going half of that money being paid by Southampton now, so that's you can actually put firm uh, fees that we won't be paying, uh, which we would have what a day ago, a few hours ago in some cases. Um, it are factored into the to the accounts in this year, and it'll be able. It then be able to do some budgeting towards what they want to do in January or in uh, in next summer as well. Which of course now each of those windows look increasingly important. The more games ever win, the more important that recruitment becomes. Um, because I, st- I still don't believe we have a squad, in essence, that is able to sustain con- this continuation form. I think that most Blues accept that. And we, of course, we are enjoying it for what it is right now, and we will do, continue to do so for the next fortnight, at least. But beyond that, I think the club's starting to get itself on a level foot in this, this sort of crisis that we've had for several years now in buying these players in and not being able to get rid of them or their wage bills has hamstrung the club you know, far too often. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you were to have a, a, a candid and open conversation with Marcel Brands and other members of the board, I, I think they'd probably be able to tell you in, in terms of how much money and the number of players they've had to miss out on uh, in order to, to, to just keep on going in terms of paying these other lads we've had in for such a long time, we've done nothing. And so, you know, credit for the club for taking the plunge with what they've done this summer because I didn't see it happening. I didn't see the fees we've paid, even though it's relatively nominal for us in this day and age. um, I, I didn't see the club spending and doing as much business as it has. I thought we'd possibly get one or two in. The talk at the start of the summer was that it was going to be low moves and free transfers only. Well, you know, we sit here at the end of the window now looking back on it, thinking they've still spent a pretty hefty amount on players. And um, the Rodriguez fee will be minimal, if 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 not free. So, um, they've done out some outstanding business, and um, I'm, I'm quite happy and content that many people seem to have got the sell on value thing out of the system now as well. Um, we're not sitting here bogged down by well, we can't sell this player if he's not good enough. I think we've proven now that it's all it, what Carlo Ancelotti's done and Brands has done this summer has done a complete U-turn on the policy that I think they set mm. out with um, certainly brands last year in sort of buying to sell uh, for an increased value. We've done it in one way I think in Godfrey um, young English centre-half 22 years old signing for £20 in the BBC put a report out earlier saying that his actual market value is somewhere the double that um, in, in, in terms of how they work that out I'm not too sure how it works but it's an, he's an investment so you look at what they've done, and it's very much about the here and now, but with a slight eye on the future, you know, and that seems to fit us a hell of a lot better than going out firstly like we did four or five years ago when shady first came in and blowing huge amounts of cash on players we thought were about the here and now, but were actually just the best players at lesser sides. Um, and the have sort of straddled the divide between getting that sort of player in and somebody who's really young that we perhaps can sell Later on, the squad has some asset value. I think we've struck a balance now and it seems to be really working for us. And everyone we've brought in so far has been absolutely perfect. Listen to people giving their ratings. I I don't think I could veer away from a 10 out of 10 this window. Um, Another striker, yes. But you're talking about luxuries then. Zaha, yes. Uh, Mm. You're talking about players who add a little bit of sprinkle of, of, of more quality um, a, a little bit more of the James Rodriguez, Rodriguez magic dust type of thing um, but they've got the essentials Matt and, and I think that's what we could have hoped for this window we were very concerned weren't we because the business was done relatively late you look at it now they have hit the ground running you, you, you can't ask for much more you can't ask for any more I don't think if you're realistic i never told you Oh, no, we're absolutely, we're, we're being completely, uh,
2: we're, we're all wrapped up in it here and getting carried away. apparently yeah. uh, report says Sandro's gone permanently, so it's a three-year deal with Huesca. Wow. So that means, yeah, so Pavis reporting it as well, actually, yeah, three-year deal, Huesca. So finally, that's those wages off the, the bill as well, which is which is great for everything, because he was on in excess of £100,000 a week, wasn't he? So we sure made up with that.
7: Was another half a million off the bill a month, isn't month? it? Yeah, yeah. you yeah. Know, so, uh, yeah, fantastic to see that. And, you know, I, I look at Schneider and when earlier on in the window and things. So, mm. I think Marcel Brands will be having a nice quiet Moise
2: as well. PSG will be playing all of his wages, you'd imagine,
7: with the stuff yeah. he's on. So. And he'd have been on a hefty fee as well, Matt. So, I, I think Marcel Brands will be sitting there tonight putting his feet up with a nice strong drink. <laughs> thinking that he's done he's done a, he's done a, an appropriate job and a job we needed him to do. Um, and, and the recruit and, and recruitment wise he's hit the nail on the head. So whereas there is the indecision and I think in the jury was out on brands given what, what's been and gone when Marco Silva was at the club, I think he's completely redeemed any doubts many people had about him. And it, it looks like it's onwards Evertonians, doesn't it? Like the front of your seat, your meaningless season ticket says right now. <laughs> yeah you pay paper or cardboard season ticket yeah, yeah. Uh, just
2: some, a lot of people in the comments as well saying Barcy and Besic could easily still go to championships clubs before that window shut as well so that's Fair that's then not necessarily sticking around so, um, but day, that, uh,
7: just a question on that uh, uh, Besic is being strongly with Rangers mm-hmm. is 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 that still apply in terms of British Transfer windows is just in English. I'm not 100% sure on
2: that. We'll have to. um, If anyone in the comments knows that, actually, um, not great luck, this is it. I was asking people who are watching this to tell us, but
7: if anyone in the comments, uh, (laughs) who'd who'd have thought we'd be discussing the the minute details of Mo Best? It's going to Rangers uh, at the end of the deadline day. It it throws up all sorts of nonsense, doesn't it? But Hmm. I mean, I, I, I seen far and wide, a couple of people actually saying that Bessic could be featured in this squad. Uh, I'm not sure where they get that from um, and, and I'm not sure why he's still hanging around now with still a couple of years left on the contract. I mean, he, he could get a testimony at this stage, Mo Bessic, <laughs> and, and, and that's probably a, quite fittingly uh, an example of where we used to be in, ter- in terms of offering out these huge extortionate contracts to players that hadn't shown anywhere near what was required to, to deserve and that sort of deal. So, um, if he goes, if if Balassi goes, you know heaven heaven sense if he does. <laughs> I love the way um, you looked over been, your shoulder
2: then, just like to, to not check he's there. Well, he, <laughs> wait to he, get
7: he, yeah. He, mate, the uh, the social media experiences I've had over the past few days have uh, caused me to be quite paranoid, looking over my shoulder and seeing who might have a microphone or something worse with them when, <laughs> when they're around me. Uh, but I'm not sure if you've seen. The slight ordeal I had with one of Sky Sports News' reporters earlier today. So hmm. um yeah, you can't make a joke these days, can you? Um, but yeah, if he if he goes as best as goes, that'll that'll be an incredible window uh, for Evan. That'd be the real the cherry on top of the icing on the cake, I think. Uh Bessage may still not
3: go, but uh, according to my Google search just now, there are still fifty minutes, five zero minutes left in the Scottish window. Yeah. So
2: Maybe. You never know. Who knows? Well, the club will confirmed the signing of uh, Robin Olsen, season-long loan from AS Roma, as we expected. So that one is boxed off. He is through the door for the next year or so. Uh, we're going to, before we stay on for another 10 minutes or so, if you got any questions for Dave or Rob? Give us a shout and we'll rattle through them. But we're going to have Rob and Dave to answer the questions I put out on, on Twitter earlier on today uh, before we do get to some of them. Uh, so, Rob, you already give your rating for the window. Um, who's the best signing? much Rodriguez, you sort of hinted at before?
3: Yeah, no, I didn't hint at it. I absolutely think he is the best <laughs> signing. Um, and again, uh, I think when you're judging a window, you have to judge the body of work. Thomas Rodriguez, in isolation, wouldn't have been enough to create this impact. But he is, as I said before, the player... Uh, I know I've used this word a ton lately, but he's transcendent, and I believe that he is the player that takes us from being potentially good to being, uh, you know, a great side at least by our standards over the last decade or so. Um, I, I did have I did have one other thought on the window in general in regards to the keeper. Um, this is, you know, Dave made the point, which I, is very Dave of him, and I love it because he's probably right in that there's a good chance, and maybe if if it goes to plan there's a great chance that Olsen doesn't play that the whole idea here is to somehow motivate the, you know, the enigmatic Jordan Pickford somehow I am skeptical. Like uh, I think Jack was or others are about whether or not you can actually accomplish that. But I do have a theory and that is that keeper, the, the, the goalkeeping position in some ways has to be evaluated differently than other positions. And that, I think that sometimes, whenever we rate players, we always are looking at the raw talent. What you know? Do we rate their overall ability? And in doing so, and I and I put this out on Twitter earlier. And in doing so, I think we sometimes try to make this comparison of whose best is better, right? So mm. um, I think everyone has sort of argued over time that Jordan Pickford's best, his his peak, the peak version of Jordan Pickford. Uh, includes quite a bit of talent, this huge ceiling, et cetera, et cetera. But I think with the keeper position, you almost have to toss that kind of criteria out because the bottom line with Jordan Pickford is that we don't see his best consistently enough. So I might take a guy who is less talented or has highs that are not quite as high as Jordan Pickford to get a more consistent level, and I I know I've used the the term seven out of ten, but you know, hey, I get that that if you want to just parse out YouTube highlights, that um, you know, I know some of the rounds were going, you know, some of the 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 the, the poor moments of of Robin Olson were going around. To, Twitter, but I would also argue that my counterpoint is, is that you can find an isolated YouTube clip of Jordan Pickford making a great penalty save or making a, a really cool looking save, but that does not tell the full story of the of of the player. And so my argument would be that any assumptions we can, we anyone's making right now, like a lot of people are saying, well, he's not being brought in to replace Jordan Pickford, he's just being brought in as competition or what have you. Well, I'd say two things. One is that clearly they didn't think Lossell could provide that and they, for whatever reason, they think that this guy can. And two, I I think that um, we don't really know, but but what I can say is that there's a reason they're making this late in the last, you know, dying moments of the window sort of move for a guy. And that, that tells you something about how Carlo Ancelotti feels about Jordan Pickford and his relative faith. So yes, if it all goes to plan, this, is, this move enough is alone to somehow mentally alter Jordan Pickford in a way that we he, he get the best out of him. But I don't think that we can just assume this guy won't play because I think Jordan Pickford is sort of on notice now. And I will say, if, if this guy can come in and, and he doesn't have to be perfect, but if he can be a guy that avoids the big mistake you've got an attack now that is so good that if we can just be clean at the back, doesn't mean we don't allow any goals, but if we can be just generally sound at the back, um, I I think that having a, a keeper that. Our, defender, or our defenders don't have to think about so much uh, is really key because I know that that has been brought up before. I can't remember who said that once about Pickford. I think this was after some incident last season uh, or the season before. There have been so many of them. I've lost count. Uh, but the idea that that keepers who play as erratically as Jordan Pickford Create doubt in the defenders in front of them, mm. and that that imperils them. And so, uh, if you have a boring keeper, as I've proposed, then maybe that's the solution. But I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next.
2: Yeah, just very interesting. On Olson, uh, Gregor Keith from the Athletic before said that um, he played 20 games alone at Roma from Roma at Cagliari last season. Syria, see the 29 goals and kept four clean sheets, but returned to Roma when Cagliari's first choice goalkeeper returned from injury. It says he was originally selected by Roma on the recommendation of sporting director Monchi, who has obviously done great things at Seville, uh, who was himself a former goalkeeper. He signed for Roma in 2018 for €8.5 million Euros and has 37 international caps for Sweden. So, yeah, I suppose we'll have to wait and see when it comes to, to Robin Olsen. But Dave, uh, final words here. you. have got to answer the questions, put it on Twitter before. I don't know if you've seen them or not, because I know you've been having a few back and forth with various ex-players and... Um, Sky presenters today, yeah. <laughs> but um, I asked everyone to give the, the, the window a rating out of 10, first and foremost. Yeah,
7: it's, 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 it's going to be 10, I think we, we couldn't have asked for more. Look, Everton to sitting on top of the Premier League table, largely because of the, the, the players they've signed, um, and some excellent management from, from Carlo Ancelotti and some great coaching of a prodigious young striker we hope is going to go from strength to strength but the, the main part of why that's happened is because we brought in three top-quality players, hopefully added a fourth in, in young Godfrey as well, um, and, and now a, a goalkeeper we hope will do what is required, and that is basically give Jordan Pickford a massive kick up the arse. So mm. I, I think it's a 10. Um, I think and the only thing you probably could have asked for that was, that was reaching for the stars a little bit would have been a first-choice goalkeeper, but that would have required an astronomical fee going into the final day, and also a striker. I know people are saying cover wasn't required, but I think there's a little bit of an argument to say we might well have needed an additional striker as well. I just don't want Dom to be burdened by a load of responsibility this window. So the only other option we have up there is really Richarlison playing up front or Ellis Sims being given that chance and that opportunity, possibly in the second half of the season. Um, But other than that, yeah, the recruitment has been an overwhelming success for me, and it's definitely a 10 out of 10. And the the last two questions before we wrap up, I'll put these tonight, Dave.
2: Uh, Our best signing and the player we were linked with that we didn't
7: sign, or you wish we had a sign? Okay, um, firstly, I think our best signing has been Abdullah Kore. I know everybody will have said Rodriguez, but uh, you look at his impact on this side in that midfield area, I think it'll... It'll go onto the radar because because of Rodriguez's skills and and what he's going to bring to this football club with with his goals and his, his assists and he's going to light up the pitch for us more often than not this season. It's quite obvious. I think he'd be the obvious choice because he is he is our marquee sign. We've never had a footballer like him at the club. Um, certainly, in my my lifetime, I don't think it comes anywhere near the the, the level of talent and. Um, as opposed to fame that, that he brings, which is obviously important these days for commercialisation and stuff. The uh, core eight for me, he just looks effortless in his work rate. Um, I was saying to a friend earlier today, he seems to take one stride to everyone else's three. Uh, and he doesn't, he doesn't look conventionally quick, but he is rapid. He gets about the pitch so well. He's so clever in his movement. I think he's asked to do a number of roles and uh, particular jobs during games. And he's, he's nailed every single one of them. He was a little bit shaky in the first half away at Crystal Palace. But that, that was credit to them. I think they got right in his face and started um, giving Everton a physical battle. But you look at what he's done in terms of saving us so far. You, you think of what he did against Spurs. That last-ditch sliding tackle on Lucas Moura. And you think of that one yeah. uh, with Wilfred Zahar. Almost clean through on goal away at Crystal Palace. So the, the lad's actually, actually saved us points so far, in my mind. And he's only going to get better and better as he... Works in cohesion with these other new lads we've got in there as well. And uh, finally, the player I wish we'd signed pales a little bit in insignificance in now because we just secured the fourth centre-half. It would probably actually be Gabriel, who looked like it was sewing up earlier mm. in, in the year. Um, in lockdown, obviously, circumstances change with finances and whatnot. Uh, he's looked really good for Arsenal when I've seen him. Uh, Arteta chose to, uh, has chosen to bench him a couple of times. Uh, I think he got away at Anfield, he, he opted for David Luiz, and that obviously didn't work well because he lost the game. But he looks like he's going to be a really, really top defender in the Premier League. So probably him. But it's the, the blows being cushioned by uh, again from everything we've seen in, in Ben Godfrey. Th- this lad's going to be another one who, in that Mason Holgate mould, who should kick on. Um, Twenty-two. He can play a variety of roles across the back four and even in defensive midfield. And he looks like a real athlete as well. So, um, yeah, not too despondent of missing out on Gabriel now. And we have that much-needed additional central defender we've been crying out for since Kate Zuma left, which feels like a lifetime ago. Good stuff.
2: Uh, me and Dave are going to go off to bed. Uh, Rob, you've been drinking scotch since four in the afternoon there, now your time on a Monday <laughs> afternoon. What, what, are, what are you, you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm sure you've got grand plans after that. You must be ready to oh, go. Man.
3: I mean, the, you know, life is my oyster now. I'm, I'm full of that Scotch, Scotch-driven confidence about this window and about the future and everything else. But uh,
2: the sub NFL on tonight isn't there you can watch.
3: There is, and I'm gonna. I'm cooking dinner tonight, so I've got plenty to do. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm. Look, I always sleep a little better after the window is closed, so I'm. Uh, you know, I don't have to worry about like missing news in the middle of the night or anything like that. So glad it's over. Think it's been a good window. I think the break is probably as much as I hated breaking our momentum is coming at a good time, and so I think that uh, to Dave's point, uh, I, I can't quibble. I, I think it's like an eight and a half or a nine, but my goodness this is the best version of Everton we've had in a decade and I'm so excited and let's all enjoy this happiness right now um, I, I, because we, we, we have certainly endured enough sadness and pain I think this is a time to just put your feet up for the next couple of weeks uh, enjoy taking a break from things and enjoy the fact that Everton are at the top of the table.
2: You say that, Rob, but you know the next ten days is going to be a scramble to sign Josh King now, and we wouldn't be able to. <laughs> well, <we've...
3: laughs> it to sign another forward. It, it certainly wouldn't. Yeah. But uh, hey, look, I, again, we're we're no matter what, we we're in a we're in a
2: really good position. So I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, uh, thanks very much to everybody who's tuned in to watch this on YouTube. Uh, loads and loads of people getting involved tonight, so we really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, as ever, uh, reminder we are on Patreon. We are doing content every single day on there uh, up until the Merseyside Derby. That's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. I'm on there in the morning. Not much sleep for me tonight uh, with Les Roberts uh, giving you all the reaction from last night. Probably some quotes from Molson as well so to get through as well as anything else that breaks in the, the following hours. And then Subs Weekly tomorrow. Uh, Dave's back for that one uh, along with Paddy Boylan. Now, just Topping from The Guardian as well as making her debut on the show. I'm really looking forward to that as well. It should be nice. fascinating. But uh, thanks very much to everyone again. Uh, thanks very much to David. A special thanks to Rob, who's been here for the duration tonight. Uh, really good stuff from, from him and all our guests. Uh, you've been listening to our deadline day show here on The Blue Room. Thanks very much for tuning in up the toffees and you will speak it again very, very soon.
1: Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger than life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music and beads that sweeps across the park and take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival Bundle, which includes admission, parking and three food only at worlds of sports social podcast network